Effective Living with Reverend Henry Hubert. May you be blessed as you listen. Now, the message. Lord, you Today, I want to begin to teach about the blessing of the Lord. Everybody say the blessing of the Lord. The blessing of the Lord is very, very significant to fruitfulness. It is clear in the Bible that fruitfulness depends on one important condition, and that is blessing. In the book of Genesis chapter 1, verse 22, the Bible says, when God created the animals and the birds, he blessed them. Genesis 1, 22, and God blessed them, saying, be fruitful and multiply and fill the waters in the seas and let birds multiply on the earth. So God blessed even the animals and the birds so that they will be fruitful. That means for us human beings to be fruitful, we, we need a blessing more. Hallelujah. So in Genesis 1.28, the Bible said when God created mankind, Genesis 1.28, then God blessed them and God said, be fruitful and multiply. Fill the earth and subdue it. Have dominion over the fish of the sea and over the beasts of the air and over every living thing that moves on the earth. So when God created man, God blessed him and then the next thing God said is, be fruitful. In Genesis chapter 9, when Noah came out from the ark after the flood, Genesis chapter 9, verse 1. So God blessed Noah and his sons and said to them, Be fruitful and multiply and fill the earth. So every time you see God pronouncing a blessing on someone, the immediate effect is that God demands of them to be fruitful. That means that blessing is a requirement for fruitfulness. For you to be fruitful this year, the blessing of God is very, is very, very important. I want us to see how we can walk in the blessing of God. In the book of Galatians chapter 3, the Bible says that Christ has redeemed us from the curse of the law, having become a curse for us. For it is written, curse is everyone who hangs on a tree. Verse 14 says that the blessing of Abraham might come on the Gentiles through Jesus Christ. Now what this scripture means is that when you become born again, the blessing of God comes upon your life. The very day and minute and time you give your life to Jesus and say, from today, I give my life to Jesus. I want to become a born-again Christian. The blessing of God comes upon your life. And so for us who are Christians, our duty now is not how can we become blessed. Hallelujah. Our duty is how to keep the blessing flowing in our lives. Because God has blessed us. Ephesians 1 verse 3 said, Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us with all spiritual blessings in heavenly places in Christ Jesus. So when you give your life to Jesus, that very time, the blessing of God comes upon your life. But it is important for you to know how to keep the blessing flowing and how to keep the blessing increasing. Because blessing is in levels. Amen. Blessing is in levels. And so the greater the level of blessing, the greater the effects of fruitfulness and multiplication that you experience. And God wants you to be fruitful this year. What does it mean to be fruitful? To be fruitful means to have the ability to reproduce. To be fruitful means to reproduce. To reproduce means ability to incubate seed and bring forth life out of the seed. When something is barren, it means it takes seed, but the seed does not bring forth forth life. And I pray over your life in the name of Jesus that in this year there will be no barrenness in any area of your life. 
in the name of Jesus. It means that every effort, every investment, everything that God gives to you will be able to produce maximum results and effects. To be fruitful means to be productive. Productive. It means achieving results. It means achieving expected outcomes. To be fruitful means to be able to, to make profit. Your life becomes profitable to others. It means your life is a blessing to other people. To be fruitful means your life is beneficial to other people. It means that your life is not a liability. Your life is a blessing. God said to Abraham, I'll bless you and you'll become a blessing. That is fruitfulness. This year, I declare by your life, you will be fruitful. And every area of your life will be fruitful in the name of Jesus. Amen. So, the Bible says that we as children of God, we are blessed. Somebody say, I am blessed. One of the things that you should always never forget is the fact that the day you gave your life to Jesus, the blessing of God came upon your life in fullness, in fullness. So every day you wake up, you must always remind yourself, I am blessed. Somebody say, I am blessed. You know, to be blessed means to be empowered to succeed. It means to be empowered to prosper. It means to be empowered to make significant progress. Yeah, that is the blessing of the Lord. Proverbs 10, 22 says, the blessing of the Lord, it makes one rich. The blessing of the Lord, it makes one rich and he adds no sorrow with it. That means the blessing of God enables you to start life from nowhere and experience abundance the rest of your life without struggle, without sorrow, without pain, without difficulty. The blessing of the Lord, it makes you rich without sorrow, without struggle, without pain. Amen. May that be your story. The blessing of the Lord also insulates you. It grants you immunity against curses. What is a curse? A curse is an empowerment to fail. When somebody is cursed, it means that whatever he does, no matter how good it is, it will end up in failure. To be cursed means that you have failed before you started. Before you start, you have already failed. And the devil out there wants you to be a failure. And so he attacks people with curses. With curses. A curse makes you do everything on earth. And it will amount to nothing. But the blessing of God is the only thing, is the only power that grants you immunity from curses. The book of Numbers chapter 22 from verse 6. Um, let's from verse 5. Verse 5. Then he sent messengers to Balaam, the son of Bel at Petor, which is near the river in the land of the sons of his people, to call him, saying, Look, a people has come from Egypt. See, they cover the face of the earth and are settling next to me. Therefore, please come at once. Curse these people for me, for they are too mighty for me. Perhaps I shall be able to defeat them and drive them out of the land. For I know that he who you bless is blessed, and he whom you curse is cursed. Let's go to verse 8. And he said to them, Lord, here tonight, and I will bring you back word to you as the Lord speaks to me. So the princes of Moab stayed with him. Verse 9. Then God came to Balaam and said, Who are these men with you? So Balaam said to God, Balak, the son of Zippor, king of Moab, has sent to me, saying, Look, a people have come out of Egypt, and they cover the face of the earth. Come now, curse them for me. Perhaps I shall be able to overpower them and drive them out. And God said to Balaam, You shall not go with them. You shall not curse them, for they are blessed. 
You shall not go with them. Don't waste your time. Don't even curse them because they are blessed. A blessed man, somebody blessed by God, curses cannot work against them. So the blessing of God is an insulation from curses. It is a protection from curses. It's a blessing of God that ensures that nobody can rise up at any time and decide that he's going to destroy your life by speaking any form of curse to destroy you. The Bible says that the child of God is blessed. Somebody say, I am blessed. How do we keep the blessing of God flowing in your life? Proverbs chapter 22 verse 4 says, By humility and the fear of the Lord are riches and honor and life. By humility and the fear of the Lord are riches and honor and life. Amen. Anytime you see the, the statement, the fear of the Lord, that statement, fear of the Lord, does not mean to be, be afraid of God or be scared of God. That word fear means reverence. It also means honor. The fear of the Lord means honor God. So the Proverbs 22 verse 4 can read that by humility and reverence to God or by humility and honor to God are riches and honor and life. I want to say today that one important condition that keeps the blessing of God flowing in your life is honor. Everybody say honor. Proverbs 26 verse 1 brings a very important revelation. It says, as snow in summer and rain in harvest, so honor is not fitting for a fool. Wow. As snow in summer. You know, summer is the hottest time in the year. And in that season, the weather is so hot, you will never see snow. You will never see snow. In summer, even if it rains right now, a few minutes later, the place is dry because the weather is very extremely hot. So just as you will never see snow in summer and rain in the harvest, according to the climate in Bible days, the Bible said, honor should never be ascribed to a fool. Honor is not fitting. That means honor is something so precious, it is not accorded to everyone. It is only accorded to people to whom it is deserving. Why is it so? Verse 2 say, like a fleeting sparrow, like a flying swallow, so a curse without cause shall not alight. A curse without cause. Verse 2 is giving a parable or a proverb. Of course, no wonder it's in the book of Proverbs. It says that when you see a curse somewhere, there is a cause. And that cause is that honor has been given to a fool. Yeah, another interpretation. Anytime you see a curse, something caused the curse. Because a curse without a cause shall not alight. When somebody pronounces a curse, for that curse to work, there has to be a cause. There has to be something that opened the door. And what is it that opened the door? That is verse 1 says that when honor is given to the wrong person, or when honor is deprived from the right person, if a curse without cause will not alight, I want to submit that it also implies that blessings also require a cause for it to keep flowing. Blessing is the opposite of curse. If a curse can only operate when there is a cause, then blessing can also flow only when there is a cause. And that one key that keeps blessings flowing is honor. Everybody say honor. Honor precedes blessings. Honor trigger blessings. Honor keeps the blessing of God flowing. Hallelujah. Six important people you must honor to keep the blessing of God flowing in your life. The Bible says honor is not fitting for a fool. It means we must find out from the scriptures the people God wants us to honor. Number one, honor God. Number two, honor your parents. 
Very clear in the Bible. The Bible says, honor your father and mother and it shall be well with you. You can pray more than anybody. When you dishonor your mother and your father, it shall never be well with you. And that's why some Christians are struggling and suffering because you dishonor your parents. Number three, honor your pastor or honor the spiritual authority that God has placed over your life. Number four, honor your spouse. Some people are not enjoying the fullness of God's blessing because they are married, they made vows to their spouses, and they live in the exact opposite of the vow. And 1 Peter 3 says, your prayers can be hindered when you dishonor your spouse. Number four, honor those in authority. That means your superiors, wherever they may be, your superiors. The only person who can promote you at work is the person you honor. You fight your boss, you can pray all you can and anoint yourself and do all the, this thing. No promotion will happen. Even if your boss is the devil, he's your boss. The key to promotion and progress at work is honor. Hello? Even if the devil is your boss, you can get him to promote you just like that by understanding the secrets of honoring those in authority. Anyone God places above you, you need to honor them. By the way, some of the people above you, they didn't pray for it. They just arrived at work to realize he is your superior. So don't hate him for something he didn't pray and wish for. Honor your superiors. Honor those in authority. The last one is honor those who honor you. Anytime you see the blessing of God flowing in the lives of people, check them out. Check their lives out. You will see honor as a key factor in their lifestyle practice. And the number one place honor begins from is God himself. Let's read Numbers 20 verse 12. Then the Lord spoke to Moses and, and Aaron, because you did not believe me to hallow me in the eyes of the children of Israel, therefore you shall not bring this assembly into the land which I've given them. I want to read it in amplified version. And the Lord God said to Moses and Aaron, because you did not believe in me, to rely on me, to cling to me, to sanctify me in the eyes of Israel. You therefore shall not bring this congregation into the land to which I have given to them. NIV version. But the Lord said to Moses and Aaron, because you did not trust in me enough to honor me. So the reason why God decided that Moses would not enter the promised land was because Moses did not honor God. This is the only man that had the privilege of talking to God face to face. But when it mattered most, God said to him, you did not trust me to honor me before the congregation. You will not enter the promised land. Listen to me. It matters to God a lot whether you honor him or not. God said in the word, when you honor me, I will honor you. When you dishonor me, I will disregard you. That is God's word. The first place where honor begins is God himself. Amen. And how do we honor God? Number one, in worship. Worship God and praise him. John chapter 4 verse 22. He said, you Samaritans worship what you do not know. We worship what we know. For salvation is from the Jews. But the hour is coming and now is when the true worshipers will worship the Father in spirit and truth. For the Father is seeking such. This scripture means that anytime we come into God's house, God is looking for worshipers. He's looking for worshipers. He's not looking for people with problems. He's looking for a worshiper. He's seeking such to worship him. God is a spirit. God wants people to worship him in spirit and in truth. That means sincerely, with sincerity, not with hypocrisy. Worship is a time when you humble yourself before God. When you acknowledge that God between me and you, I know you made me what I am. 
that I am not what I am today because I am as smart as people thought I am. That I am not taking the credit. You know, sometimes we easily forget that you didn't make yourself. So in worship, you come before God and acknowledge that there is somebody who created you, who takes care of you, and who made you what you are. That you are not responsible for your height. Your height is not your achievement. That's why you should never look down on somebody you are taller than. Yeah, you are not responsible for your tribe. That's why you don't look down for, on somebody else because of his tribe. You were born only to realize you are whatever tribe you are in. Everything you are. Your gender, you didn't decide it. Your family background, you didn't decide it. Your, how you even look, you didn't decide it. Whether you are nice looking, beautiful looking, fearful looking, you didn't decide it. So you cannot even use your beauty to boast because God made you how you are. That is why you should humble yourself in worship. And honor him. And I don't feel too big in the house of God. You feel too big to worship and to praise him. Hallelujah. One way to honor God is in worship and praise. The second way to honor God is to make his word the standard for your life. Take his word as it is. You know, many times there are many Christians who read the Bible. They preach it to people, but they don't do it. Why? They don't believe the word of God is what it is supposed to be in their lives. They believe it's supposed to be so in other people's lives. And so you read the Bible and you see things that God says you should not do. You do it every day. That is dishonor. You know the only way you can tell your children respect you is when they do what you say, isn't it? When you tell your child, this thing is not good. Don't do it again. You go out when you come, he's doing it. How do you say? Disrespectful. But you know what we do? We do the exact things God's word says we should not do. And still believe that we honor God. No. Honor is taking someone at his word. If God says this thing is something you should not do, you can only prove your honor for God by doing what he said you should not do and doing what he said you should what? Do. You honor God by honoring his word. Take his word and make it a standard for your life. But you honor God when you come to the place of saying, I wish I could do this, but the word of God says I should not. Number three, we honor God in our offerings and tithes. Malachi chapter one from verse six. A son honors his father, and a servant his master. If then I am the father, where is my honor? If I am a master, where is my reverence? Says the Lord of hosts, to you priests who despise my name, yet you say, in what way have we despised your name? Verse 7, God began to tell them how they have despised him. You offer defiled food on my altar. When you harvest your crops, you select the good ones for the house. Take the rotten ones. To the temple. That's what they were doing. Defiled food. Saying the table of the Lord is contemptible. Verse 8. And when you offer the blind as a sacrifice. Is it not evil? When it's time to go to the temple to sacrifice. They look through their animals. The ones that are sick. Some are even blind. They carry that one to the temple. And when you offer the lame and sick. Is it not evil? Offer it then to your governor. Will he be pleased with you? Will he accept you favorably? Says the Lord of hosts. So we honor God in our offerings. Anytime we, it's time to give to God, God is concerned about how you give to him. Let your offering reflect your honor of God. What you will not give to people you respect, don't give it to God. And don't be deceived to think God is not seeing it. He sees your offering. Whatever you give today, he sees it. In Matthew 21, Jesus was sitting by the offering basket. Why did he do that? He was intentional. He just wanted to to teach Christians God's attitude to our offering. Jesus sat by the offering basket and people were throwing in offerings. 
And the Bible says, a widow came and put in a coin. And at the end of the offering, Jesus said, the widow stand. The widow stood. And Jesus said, today, the offering that your people gave, that woman gave more than everybody. And people say, oh, she, she just gave a coin. Jesus said, that was her last. But some of you have plenty. And even what you gave was still little out of your plenty. But that woman, it cost her, her last. But for her reverence for God, she said, I will not come into the temple and go back home without giving God something. I want to just appreciate God. And you know, Jesus didn't say, woman, it's your last. So come and take it and go home. Jesus didn't do that. The reason why Jesus didn't do that is because if Jesus gave her the last to take home, it will still not be enough to take care of her. I believe Jesus prayed a prayer for that woman that day. And that woman will be greatly blessed. If we wouldn't have the opportunity to know who she was. But I think that woman will be blessed. Yeah, she will be blessed. Greatly, greatly blessed. I really, really love the exhortation for today. And I believe that word is from the Lord. And every one of us who want to follow God's voice, let's take what we heard in the exhortation. That our offerings can be the point of contact for the blessings of God to keep flowing in our life. And for our lives and families to remain preserved. May your family be preserved this year. May your life be preserved this year. May your, your finances experience the blessing of God this year. In the name of Jesus. Amen. Make an effort to ensure that you are intentional about your offering. Offerings in church are not a strategy by pastors to impoverish church members. Offerings in church is a spiritual exercise that keeps the blessings of God flow in your life. In the book of Exodus 25, we see the first time that the word offering was used in the Bible. And it was God who demanded for it. It was God, not man. Then the Lord spoke to Moses saying, Speak to the children of Israel that they bring me an offering from everyone who gives it willingly with his heart. So offering is not false. Everyone who gives it willingly. If it is compulsory, then it's no more an honor. If it is a willing offering, then it's an honor. And verse 3, and this is the offering which you shall take. So God told Moses, don't take every kind of offering. Take these specific offerings. God told Moses what to take as an offering. And what did he say? He said gold, silver, and bronze. Gold, silver, and bronze. And where did the Israelites get the gold from? When they were living in Egypt, from the land of body, God gave them favor before the Egyptians. And they took all the wealth of Egypt away. And out of what God has blessed them with, God said, to keep the blessing flowing, bring me an offering. Hallelujah. And in verse 8, he told Moses why they should bring him the offering. Look at verse 8. It says, and let them make me a sanctuary so that I may dwell among them. So why did God demand offerings? For his house. So there will be no lack in his house. So that his house will be a place where people can come and worship him and enjoy his blessings. Let them make me a sanctuary. So offering and our tithe is supposed to be honor to God. Amen. Yeah, it's an honor to God. And in the book of Proverbs 3 verse 9, the Bible talk about honoring God with your possessions. With your possessions. Honor the Lord with your possessions. And with the first fruits of all your increase. Hallelujah. What is first fruits? First fruit is the best part of your income given to God. First fruits, fruits means putting God first in how you spend your income. When money comes into your hands or blessings come into your hands, put God first. That is first fruits. First fruits means when you get money, don't spend all and bring the surplus to God. And in the Old Testament, first fruits was 10%. In the New Testament, it is minimum of 10%. In the New Testament, first fruits is what? 
minimum, turn to your neighbor and as if you are not pretending to be hearing me. Tell him it's a minimum of 10%. That means that there are people here today, as God begins to bless you, you should decide, you should decide that for how much God has done in my life, every time I take my income, I'm going to give him 20% or 30%. Two years ago, we had a testimony here. I was ministry at Miracle Service, and I called a lady. I have been praying for her about an issue for two years. Very complicated issue. If I tell you the details, you won't believe some of the things that happened to that lady. I mean, I've prayed all I can. Miracle Service, the Lord told me, tell her to give me half of her income for three months. So I just told her like that, and she did it. Three months, half of her income, that's how much, 50%. Brought it to the altar every month. Not to me, to God. To God. As I'm talking now, the door has opened. The door has opened. That same year, everything just happened with no struggle. Honor the Lord with your possessions and with the first fruits of all your increase. So your barns will be filled with plenty and your vats will overflow with new wine. If you want to see increase in blessings, increase your offerings and increase your first fruits. Amen. You honor God by giving reverence to his house, the house of God. Some people are okay until they went to church. And I kept wondering, is that all church is about? If that was it, why, why didn't you just stay home? Some people are fine until they went to church. The same place that others go to be blessed, they went and they put impediments in their own lives. And put impediment in their own blessings. By their bad attitude and the way they behave in church. Listen, you cannot just go to church and be blessed. There is a protocol to experiencing the blessings of God in church. Yeah. You reverence God's house. There are things you don't do in church. If you go to God's house, you should know you are not going to, you know, a theater. Or you are not going to a funeral. Or you are not going, so you are going to God's house. You enter the place with a sense of reverence for the place. Jacob said, how awesome is this place? The Lord was in this place. I did not know it. It's an awesome place. It's a place where God puts his glory. You cannot go there and just desecrate the place. By the way you talk. Some of you, the way you speak about your church. That's the only thing that is blocking your blessings. Speak evil of your church. Nothing good happened in this church you want to talk about. The only thing you want to talk about is bad things. And you carry it out to your friends out there. If you are here and all you do is make sure that you are the reason why people leave this church every year. Tell me why you think God should keep his blessings flowing in your life. Hallelujah. Yeah, your attitude to his house is very important to him. How you perceive his house. What are you doing concerning his house? I pray for you that this year you will walk in the wisdom that will compel you to honor God. Amen. You compel you to honor God. The second one is honor your parents. I've talked about this so much. Honor your parents. This year... Those of you, your parents are still alive. I want to say it's a privilege for you to keep enjoying blessings. It's a privilege for you. Some people never have that privilege. Don't play with that privilege. If your parents are alive, make use of the opportunity to be blessed. Honor them. How do you honor your parents? Respect them. Never speak evil of your parents. I don't care how bad they are. They brought you into this world. And listen, you don't honor your parents because they looked after you or took care of you or loved you. You honor your parents because they brought you forth. They brought you into this world. You honor your parents because they gave birth to you. Without them, you should not be here. Whether they looked after you, whether they loved you, that is not important. 
The important thing is that they gave birth to you and you need to honor them. Never speak evil of your parents. Never speak rudely to your parents. Never do that. Give to your parents all the time. Show them love. Give to them. When you are giving to your parents, don't give anything to your parents. Give something that they will treasure. Hello? Give your parents something that they will treasure. I pray that God will cause his blessings to flow in your life this year. In the name of Jesus, I pray that this year there will be no impediment, no barrier, no obstacles to the flow of the blessings of God in your life. I pray for you that this year the blessings of God will flow without limits in your life. That your prosperity and your fruitfulness will know no limits. In the name of Jesus, I pray for you in the name of Jesus that God will make your life fruitful as you walk in the blessings of God. In Jesus' name, amen. Hope you've been blessed by today's message. You can contact Reverend Hubert on 030-340-7970 or 024-33-11201. Remain blessed.